0: Hello Parkview, glad you made the choice to be here uh, today and I just want to say welcome to all the other campuses too all around uh, Chicagoland area Uh, to everybody who's watching online and being a part of things online, glad you made the choice to be here as well It's going to be a great day together because we are launching into this brand new series called Rooted. And what we're going to be doing the next few weeks is uh, myself and Pastor Tim are going to combine in this Rooted series, and we're going to just talk about some of the different things that God uses in our lives to, to grow us, to increase our faith in Him. And it's going to be an awesome, awesome study. And I want you to know that this Rooted series on the weekend A big part of the reason we're doing this is to really get us excited and get us amped up for the rooted experience that we're going to ask everybody, anybody who comes to Parkview, to dive into. In the rooted experience, it's we're going to get all together around the city and we're going to learn how to grow closer and closer to God and closer to each other. And again, we, we just really believe, as a team around here at Parkview, that this series and this rooted experience can change the trajectory of so many of our lives in our church for many months and years to come. Uh, If you've been around Parkview for very long, you you know this. You know that at Parkview we are committed uh, to reaching people for Jesus. Amen? That's what we want to do. We want to be a part of helping people see Jesus and reach people for Jesus. But we're not only committed to reaching people, we also want to raise people up and then release them out into the world. So we, we don't just want to reach people, that's fantastic, but we want to raise us up. We want to grow us. We want to make, take us deeper in Jesus so that we can also go out into our homes, our workplaces, our schools, and things like that and help other people see Jesus. And so that's what we're going to be doing. And I hope that you all will be some of the first, as we launch this rooted experience, to dive in and say, you know what, I want to be a part of of coming closer to each other, people around here, and also closer to God. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that a little bit later on at the end of our study uh, today. But to get us going on this very first uh, truth, I want us to understand this and how God grows our faith. I want us to look at this first principle this weekend. If you're taking notes, if you want to write something down, here's where we're headed this weekend. That you were created for community. You and I were actually made by God, created for community. You were never, ever meant to do life alone. You and I are made to be connected to each other and and rooted to each other and also to God. And I don't want you to just take my word for it today. I want us to study this in the Bible. So if you have a Bible with you today or if you have a smartphone or a tablet, I want to ask you to open up to the book of Genesis, okay? Genesis, pretty easy to find. Uh, It's the very first book in the Bible. It's a whole lot easier to find than where we've been the last few weeks in Jonah, right? Jonah's almost impossible to find. Genesis is is easy to find. And and I want us to study this. Many of you who know Genesis chapter 1, you know it's the story of, of creation, and uh, I've probably studied this section of Scripture maybe a hundred times over the course of my life. But I want us to look at something today that I only realized maybe three or four years ago uh, pertaining to community and, and doing life together. So Genesis chapter 1 in your Bible, your smartphone, your tablet, whatever, God is creating things. And basically everything he creates, he says it's good. Everybody say good. Good, okay? So here we go. If you have your Bible there or you're following along, Genesis chapter 1, verse 4, the first thing God does is creates light. And he says that it's good. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 10, if you're following along, he creates the water and he creates the land, and he says that it is what? Good. And then in verse 12, he creates the vegetation, he creates the plants, and he says that it was good. In verse 18, God creates the, the light and he creates the nighttime. He separates those two things and he says it was good. Verse 21, Genesis chapter 1. He creates all of the creatures of the sea. And he says, they are what? Good. Next, in verse 25, he creates the creatures of the land. And he looks at them and says, you know what? They are good. And by the time we get to verse 31, right down at the end of chapter 1, it's near the completion of creation. And God creates man. And he looks at man, and he doesn't say man is good. Remember this? He says, Man is what? Very good. Not just good, but very good. God is incredibly pleased with what He has created. And so, what's He do? He takes a break. The seventh day, He takes off, takes a rest. But He doesn't rest for long. Because by just the first few verses of chapter 2, all of a sudden, something in creation. Is not good. Did you know that? Everything has been good, 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 but then all of a sudden, right in chapter two, something is not good. By God's own admission, it's not good. And I have this here in my Bible, but let's put it up on the screen for you Genesis chapter two, verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. Isn't that amazing? Right there at the beginning, think about this, the beginning of creation. There's no sin. No sin has occurred in the world. There's been no disobedience. There's nothing separating God and man. They're living in a perfect relationship. It even says in in Scripture that Adam walks with God in the garden, in the cool of the day. They walk together and just have these conversations. They're in this perfect paradise. And and so I I don't know about you, uh, but but when I start reading this, even though it says something is not good and, you know, that it's not good for Adam to be alone, I start thinking to myself, well, okay, I get that, but he's not really alone, right? I mean, he's got God there. It says that they're walking together in the cool of the day, if you you read it all. So he's not really alone, God being right there, but yet Adam still felt alone. Have you ever been there, Parkview? Have you ever been at a place in your life where you know God is real, you know God loves you, you believe God is there, but you still kind of feel alone in a certain season of life? It's not that you don't believe in God, it's just that you still kind of feel alone. And and you know what Adam needed at this point in his life? You know what I need? You know what you need? Someone with skin on. Right? That's what he needed. And this is so, so important for our study as we dive into this today and dive into this whole idea of being rooted to each other and rooted to God. Please, please, please don't miss this. In in your life, God created you and me for two relationships, one with God and one with others. And, And in this section of Scripture in Genesis, there are two different principles at work. And I want us to see these principles today because they're so important for our lives. So if you're taking notes, this this gives us the foundation for all of this that we're going to study in in coming weeks. Check this out. If you're taking notes, here's the first one. There's a God-shaped hole in every heart that nothing else can fill. Maybe you've heard that before. If you've been around church, you probably have heard somebody say that, a a, a pastor in your life. Maybe you've heard your mom say that or your grandmother say that. You know, you have a God shaped hole. You have a God shaped void in your life. And until you get God in your life, nothing else is going to fill it. Maybe you've probably heard that. And and, and a lot of us probably believe that. But yet we try and do all kinds of other things to, to fill this void, right? To fill this hole. We try and fill it with our career, we try and fill it with money. We know we have this hole, we're missing something in our lives, we try and fill it with vacations, stuff like that. Ladies, sometimes we try and fill that hole with shoes, right? You know, maybe these red shoes will fill it because they're awesome, or purses, sometimes purses can maybe try and fill that hole if I just had this purse. Guys, we try and fill that hole, that void, that need in our life with things like golf clubs. Uh, We try and fill it sometimes motorcycles we can try and push motorcycles into that hole and all kinds of different things like that right and what happens is we try and put all of these different things into this place to fill that spot that God was meant to fill and what happens is we just continually get frustrated we're frustrated because God says hey 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 listen that place is for me a relationship with me and again many of us around here at Parkview We've probably heard this, we're familiar with it. But let me show you a second thing, a second principle that is at work that has really changed a lot of my life and how I even have friendships and do relationships with other people. Here's the second principle, and that is that there is also a human-shaped hole in every heart that God has chosen not to fill. catch this, There's in every single one of our lives, There's this void, there's this hole, there's this want, a need, a desire that God actually created and then He chose not to fill it. He made it and then He didn't fill it. Let me ask you this, Parkview. Could God have created Adam not to need Eve? Sure. Of course he could. He could have created Adam to just be fine and kind of be on his own and, and not need Eve. But he didn't do that. Right from the very beginning, he needed God in his life. But there was also this other void God created that he did not fill. He needed his, Adam needed his relationship with God. And he needed his relationship with Eve. And here's the thing. These two principles that are at work have trickled down into every single person's life who's ever lived on this planet. Includes me and includes you. And and you know what? It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. It doesn't matter. This this applies. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. It does not matter. It doesn't matter if you have a lot of money or if you have just a little bit of money. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not a Christian. Listen, it doesn't even matter. Catch this. This is crazy. It doesn't even matter if you believe in God. You've still been created for two relationships, one with God and one with other people. And what happens is this. When people violate this truth of how God wired us, when we violate this truth in our lives, God looks onto our lives and onto our daily schedule and onto our week, and he says, oh, man, okay, that's not good. It's not good for you to be operating alone like this it's not what I intended it's not the best life that I intended you to live let me see if I can illustrate this and uh, I I kind of been thinking and praying on this and, and where my mind goes when I start thinking about this is all the way back to when I was a little kiddo okay I was like elementary age and my parents when I was growing up had a lake house uh, down in the Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri. And maybe you're familiar with Lake of the Ozarks, maybe you've been down there, vacation down there, that sort of thing. So oftentimes what would happen uh, with me and my brother, who's four years younger than me, on Friday, as soon as school was out, we'd hop in the car with my parents, and we would head down to the lake on Friday and stay all weekend till Sunday night when we had to come back. And so we would get to the lake house on Friday, and me and my brother had the same rhythm for many years. We would jump out of the car, as soon as we got there, sometimes the car wouldn't even stop, we're rolling out of the car, and we run to the backyard and we had all these rocks in a circle and we had this big, huge fire pit, right? Where we would do a huge bonfire. And I have to tell you, when I was little and still even today, I have to admit, I'm I'm just a little bit of a pyro. I am. I, I just I don't it's not in a crazy way, I'm not gonna mess anything up, but I love you know messing around fire pits and things like that. And I did and I still do. And so we would get there and, and our goal was this. Here's our goal we wanted to put the perfect fire together and we wanted to light it with one match and then keep that fire going the whole weekend we're there and not have to relight it, just keep it going. And, and so that's what we would do. And wh- what we learned is this, that we could get the fire really stoked up and that sort of thing and then when mom and dad called us into bed late in the evening, if we would just take some sticks and push all of the fire together and stuff like that and go to bed... When we came back out the next morning, it would all be still close together, and we could just throw some more wood on it, and it would begin to smoke and catch right back on fire. Maybe you've seen this happen before, but we also learned this because it happened to us a few times. Uh, Mom and Dad were yelling at us, get in here, get in here, and so we just we ran in, you know, and that sort of thing. We just left the fire the way it was, and we didn't push it all together, and by the time we come out the next morning, it's just, it's, it's done. It's gone, and we'd have to use another match, and we wouldn't, you know, meet our goal and all sorts of things like that. And this was our rhythm when I was a little kid. It's kind of burned into me, if you will. And some of you know why I'm headed in this direction. Here's the thing. You could come, I could come to any campus on Parkview on a weekend. And you can come into your campus and you can get fired up for God singing songs, studying His Word, and if you leave your campus, this campus, whatever campus it is, this weekend, and you go out and you continue to be involved with other people during the week, the chance of you getting cold and burning out in your faith is very low. On the other hand, if you come into your campus on the weekend and you get totally fired up for God, on fire for Him, studying His Word, and you leave here totally lit up for God, but you... Don't hang around others, you kind of do life alone, the chances of you burning out are very high, they're very high. And, and this, 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 this truth in our life from the fire to, to us and our faith, I think is, is just is so parallel. I've seen it happen in my life and you've probably seen it happen in yours. Take a look at this scripture in 1 John. Chapter 4, verse 21, it says, The person who loves God must also love other believers. we got to love God. We, we know that, but we also must love other believers. So how does that happen? How do we get rooted and connected to God and also rooted and connected to other people? What does that look like? Well, here's what I want to share with you, just a couple of ways today. If you're taking notes, a couple of ways That we can get connected to God and connected to others. And these are pretty simple things that I'm going to share with you, but they're not easy. They're not easy in our lives. Here's the first thing. You ready for this? Find a good church and get involved. Find a good church and get involved. And I hope that's Parkview. I hope it's Parkview. But if it's not Parkview, find some other good church and get involved. That's how we get connected to God in our lives and to other people in our lives. And, and Parkview, you know this, Parkview is not a perfect place. We're not perfect people. I am not a perfect person. I promise you that. I'll, I'll tell you this. Pastor Tim is not a perfect person, okay? I'm just telling you. I've, anyway, I, this is not a perfect place, but it's a good place. It's a good church. And so the first step is, is finding a good church and getting involved. I, t- I talk to people regularly through the years of ministry that I've been involved in. And I have people regularly say, hey, Todd, okay, okay, here's the thing. Listen, I'm a Christian, and I believe in God, but I just, I don't know that I really need to go to church. I don't know that I really need to belong to a church. I believe in God, but I don't really, I'm not into church. And maybe you've felt that before. You've heard somebody at school say that, or somebody at work say that. I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe in God, but I don't really want to go to church. When, when people say that to me, I'm like, What? Why? I mean, listen, it just doesn't make sense to say I, I, I believe in God, I want to follow after God, I want to be connected and rooted to God, but yet I don't want to belong to his church and what it's doing in this world and everything that it affords me and my family potentially is just, I mean, that, that makes zero sense to say, well, Todd, I, I believe in Jesus. And Todd, Todd, I, I, I believe in the Bible. I believe in God, Todd, right? That's great. If you feel that way or someone else feels that way, fantastic. Wonderful. I'm so glad you believe those things, but let me show you this. Uh, The Christian life is not just about believing. It's also about belonging. I'm so glad that you believe those things about God or about the Bible or about Jesus. That's wonderful to believe those things. But it's not just about believing the right things. It's also about belonging and being connected to God's family. And don't just take my word for it. Look at these few verses. Romans chapter 12. In Christ, we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. I belong to you in this family. You belong to me in this family. There's some things I can do that you can't. There's some things you can do that I can't. We belong to each other. That's how it was meant to be. Or what about this verse in Ephesians chapter 2? You are members of God's very own family, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. You, yes, you belong. The Christian life is not just about believing, though that's important. What we believe is very, very important. It's not, but it's not just about believing. It's also about belonging. And you have to choose this. I have to choose this in my life. Belonging to God's family is, is a little bit different than our biological families that we belong to, right? We all are part of a biological family. And and I I was born to Terry and Rita Clark. I didn't have any choice on that, right? I didn't get to choose who my parents were, who I was born into. I'm a Clark. Like it or not, that's what I get. I'm a Clark. However, when I was just nine years old, I walked forward in a church service at Johnson County Christian Church in Overland Park, Kansas, and I said, I want to be part of God's family. I want to join and belong to God's family, to God's church, to Jesus. And I gave my life to him, and I was there's this symbol we have, right, that pictures this. It's, it's baptism. I decided to be baptized into Jesus and be part of his family and begin to live after him. And, and you know what baptism is, right? It's just us picturing our, with our lives what Jesus did with his life. Here's Jesus on the cross. He's buried in the tomb for three days. And then he raises up again to a a new life. And that's us picturing that. I want to belong to that. So here we are in the water and we're buried in the water. Hardly ever for three days. It's never that long. I don't think I've ever even buried anybody for a day. So it's like it's it's seconds, right? And then you raise again to a new life. And it's saying, hey, I want to belong to that. If you've never taken that step, maybe even this weekend at Parkview, it's your time to say, I want to belong to God's family. I want to belong to Jesus. I want to be baptized into him and be rooted to him. Look at this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. It says, this is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Each of us is now part of his resurrection body. This is one of the ways we can be rooted to God's church. Listen, listen, I promise, you were never meant to do life alone. You just weren't, neither was I. Find a good church and get involved. If it's Parkview, I hope it's Parkview, but if it's not, find another one. But if it is Parkview, dive in. Dive in and get involved. It's not just believing, it's belonging to what God is doing in our midst and in this city so that's the first thing here's the second thing and again this is pretty simple but it's not always easy because of our hectic lives and our busy schedules and kids and work and all sorts of things like that here's the second thing that we can do and that is find some friends and get together so the first thing is find a good church and dive in get involved make it part of your life the next thing find some good friends and begin to get together with them and again with our lives with our schedules maybe you've been there you're like man I I I just, I want to get together, but I don't have time. I'm so busy. It's hard just to get a meal or dinner or something like that with uh, friends. But yet, this is part of what we're called to do. Take a look at the very first church in the book of Acts as it was beginning. It says, all the believers met together constantly and shared everything with each other. They were constantly getting together, meeting together, sharing things with each other. They were connected to each other and, and rooted to each other and remember. No matter who we are, male or female, old or young, God created this part of us that needs other people. And then he chose not to fill it up. He chose to let us fill it up. And and, and you know, we can't develop friendships. We can't go deeper with people without meeting together, actually getting together in the same room. True friendship requires this, like, intensity Of intentionality or it just won't happen in our world today it will be weeks or months before we actually get back together with people now I know that maybe you're sitting here thinking Todd you know when it comes to friends and and you know all that sort of thing I have I have all kinds of friends Todd okay I got lots of friends I'm good with friends and part of the reason we say that and think that a lot of times is because of things like Facebook right and I've Todd, I've got like a hundred friends okay on Facebook And uh, I've got 300 friends, Todd. Or some of you are thinking, Todd, I I mean, okay, I have 1,000. Okay, I have 1,000 friends, or nearly 1,000 friends. I'll have 1,000 friends by the weekend, by, by, you know, by tomorrow. I probably have 1,000 friends. And and we think we're so good because of Facebook and social media and things like that. And I think I have to kind of address this for a moment. And this takes us a little bit out of Genesis and how we are created for relationships with God and others in, in the same way God created it there because where we live now with social media and things like that, we live it out a little bit differently, and especially with Facebook, being the largest social platform there is, 2 billion people on Facebook, by the way, these days. And so, so many of us use that to interact with each other. And so, this week, as I was kind of getting ready for this study and to launch this rooted thing, I just started looking into Facebook because I'm not down on Facebook. I love it and other social platforms, but the way we use it is kind of strange sometimes. And so, I just kind of began to study it. And Can we have a little bit of fun with Facebook? I want to show you just a few things about Facebook uh, this weekend. And so here's the first thing uh, I learned. I thought this was really good. The most popular things to do in an emergency. Uh, The first thing is call emergency services. Then the big blue one, update Facebook status. Right? So if something is going wrong, if you're in danger, what do you do? Well, first you let everybody know, and then you call for help. You know, because you, you, everybody's got to know that there's some kind of danger or emergency. And I, just, I thought that was hilarious that that's kind of how we interact with each other and people in our world. Or, or what about this one? I thought this was great also. People who find you on Facebook. So these are your friends. First of all, high school people you hated. Next, college people you hated. Next, work colleagues you hate. And then finally, actual friends. This That's a small little slice there. It's like, how do these people find me? I mean, I have 600 friends, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're actually friends. Like, we would describe really being connected and, and rooted to. In fact, I found this Facebook post that, that one person wrote I thought was pretty clever. Facebook says we are friends, but trust me, I would not hesitate to punch you in the face. <laughs> Just believe me, okay? Don't think because I said okay that we're good, because you're gonna, okay, so that, you know, that's the way, sometimes I I think we're friends, but we're really, we're really not friends, or what about this, I thought this was pretty clever, he woke up with 30 new Facebook friends, and had no idea how they got there, right, so you just, we wake up sometimes, and it's like, oh my goodness, I have, I have five new friends, and this is unbelievable. This is amazing. And I'm not again, I'm not down on that. I'm not down on things like Facebook or social and, and things like that. But it's, 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 it's different than, I think, the way God wanted us to interact with people and be connected to people in our lives. And what I'm getting ready to tell you now, this may make sense to you in your life. This may really apply to you. Or it actually may make even more sense to your kids or to your grandkids. Here's here's where I think we're at in the world these days. Check this out. We are as connected as ever, but also as lonely as ever. There is no other group of people in the history of the world who have been as connected as we are to other people and things and events. But yet we're also as lonely as we've ever been. It's just kind of who we are. It's the way we live. And I'll tell you this, sharing what you are doing on Facebook is not even close to the same thing as sitting down with somebody and sharing how you are doing in real life. Sharing what you're doing and sharing how you are doing are very different things. And I would just challenge you, Parkview, is the same way I challenge myself. Do not allow your online life to overtake your real life. Don't allow so much time and energy to go to that online life. Again, I'm not down on it, but don't allow so much more to go to that that it replaces our real life. The more frequently you and I get together with other people, the more community and connectedness we're going to experience. It's how God made us, whether we agree or not. It's how God created us to be. This week, I'm studying for this and reading Genesis and all kinds of other things and articles, and I came across this really cool blog site and it was talking about friendship and, and being friends. And uh, it, was, it was super cool. May, I'll, may, I'll post the link later on my Facebook so you can, you can see it. So, anyway, right? So that's so how we do. Oh, good. There, you know, anyway, I probably will, actually. But, so anyway, um, so I came across this really cool thing. And it was talking about friendships. And I want to get this right. It was, it was interviewing this person called Shasta Nelson. And Shasta uh, is this author. And she's written this book called Friendships Don't Just Happen. And what's going on in this uh, <clears throat> blog site, this podcast, actually, is she's interviewing this doctor in, in this podcast and in, in this book, okay, in this interview. And she asks this doctor this, this medical doctor. She says, okay, if a person comes to you and says, I'm struggling with eating too much, smoking too much, drinking too much, and I feel like I have no friends, what is the first thing you would do to help get this person back to health? And here's what the doctor says. The first thing I would do for that person is I would help them get some friends. Because that's going to help them the most. And I thought that was interesting. Beyond this, you know, hey, you should stop, you know, smoking this much. That, that's just not going to be good for you. Or the, the drinking is just going to be, it's, it's too much or don't eat so much. Before all that, though, those are things we wrestle with. And addictions that we know aren't always good for our lives, for sure. He says, listen, the first thing I would do is make sure you get some friends around you. And he goes on to say this. He says, listen, feeling unconnected to other people is worse for your life than smoking 15 cigarettes a day or becoming an alcoholic. Not being connected to people. It's literally detrimental to our health. And you know what I think? I think I think God knew that. Clear back when he created things in, in Genesis. and so that's, He creates this perfect world and then he says, oh, it's good, it's good, it's good. And then, oh, this is not good. It's not good for people to be alone. And you know this, friends. You can be surrounded by people and still feel lonely. Right? I mean, you can come into a Parkview campus on the weekend with hundreds of people or, or thousands of other people and still feel alone. And the reason is because you're not rooted. You're not connected to other people. And we know this. This is why we're fired up about this as Park, at Parkview as a team. Because we know that we're not going to just drift towards community. We're not just going to drift towards friendships and being rooted together with other people. There's not one single person who's going to wake up one morning and say, you know what? Look at this. I've got great friends. How did this happen? When did this occur? No. Listen. You will know how it happened and when it occurred. It takes committing to a good church and diving in and it takes finding some friends and actually carving out the time to get together. This is how God created us. And so here's the next step for this weekend. Sign up for a rooted group today. Sign up today, say, you know what, I'm just, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna give it a test. I'm gonna go for for the 10 week deal and I'm gonna dive in, I'm just gonna see what God will do in my life. As I strive to grow closer to him, And I strive to get more rooted and connected to others. I want to see if it will begin to create the life that I've always wanted. I believe that it will. And so I hope you'll dive in and be a part of this as we start into this series. Because this is how God made us to be. Let's pray. God, thanks for the time we can spend together today studying and taking a look specifically even at how you created things at the very beginning and how there's a place for you in our lives, but there's also this place for other people. And we can't push that aside without things being not good. And so, God, I pray that you would give every one of us the tenacity and the commitment to dive in and to see what it would look like to really get rooted to you and to other people. God, I, help, I pray that you would help just increase our want to want to do this. Do something inside of us, God, that draws us closer to you. We know you can. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.